So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. This episode is part two of our Halloween Horror Nights Sweet 16 coverage. I am Matt, and joining me once again for part two are my co-host, Quint. Hello. And Karen. Hello. All right, so to quickly, I guess I'm going to say recap. I don't even want to recap, I'm just doing the episode again. But we'll just say we covered the mazes, we covered the scare zones. Those are all in part one. We're going to pick up exactly where we left off, if that's okay. Because we left off at the Deadtropolis um, scare zone, the Deadtropolis zombie siege. And I had said in part one that this was a dual-purpose scare zone. Not only was it a scare zone for Deadtropolis, but a show went on there. Right. So <clears throat> this was... this. We never said what the shows were the first episode. In fact, we were saying it more or less for... Uh, Karen's benefit because she wasn't part of the discussions of this show before, but this is a return of a show from the early years of really early Holly, years. Uh, yeah, real early years of Halloween Horror Nights, and that is Robosaurus. Who is still to this day awesome. <laughs> Robosaurus. You know who Robosaurus is apart from the Simpsons parody, Karen? No. No. And, <laughs> you don't know. And that's Truckosaurus. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, Truckosaurus is Robosaurus, basically. Okay. Yeah. So, Robosaurus is a uh, real-life transformer, sort of. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, well, it's a, a real-life robot. Really, yeah, it's towed around on the back of a, a the. It is the trailer of a semi truck, and then it's it lays down flat, and then it rears up, and it is yeah, like Quinn says, it's a fire-breathing dinosaur robot that picks up cars and can bite them in half. Oh, like so it literally, Chuckosaurus. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, so oh. it had. It made its appearance in Halloween Horror Nights of the past. I don't even know what year. I want to say two. That may be wrong, but it's really early on. Yeah, it was really early. Fact, and, and they had it for several years in a row. Yes, yes. It was a... Okay. Was I'm, a, I'm now remembering hearing you talk about it in the early episodes. It's yeah, coming it was back a, now. Yeah. It was a staple for, for quite a few years of Halloween Horror Nights. Um, and... You know, for for anybody who's as old as Matt and I, you'll remember <laughs> it from any of the, the monster truck shows that were going on at the time, any of the advertising. Most of the time, Robosaurus was part of that that tr- uh, troop of care of trucks that were going across the country doing all these shows and stuff. Um, it's it was just kind of a staple of the the what eighties, I guess eighties, sure, early nineties, yeah, early nineties. Because I, I did just look it up, and it was it was. Um, Halloween Horror Nights 2, 1992, so definitely early 90s. And yeah. I'm no one's more surprised that my memory actually served me properly <laughs> that time than me. So, yeah. yes. So, Rubbersaurus is back. I mean, definitely now we've already talked, we, we've talked in great length in the part one that this is a, uh, a retrospective, a, a celebration of all the years past. Uh, and this just caps it off by bringing Rubbersaurus back. So, and it, bringing it back as part of the the zombie maze—that's totally yeah. cool. <laughs> well, here's really what it comes down yeah, to. I mean, this is this is a very and, and oh, if 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 this is like way too out of your guys' geek warehouse, I apologize. This is a very Godzilla like, where Robosaurus was always the adversary in the past. He comes back this year as one of the good guys. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So so here we go. And this is going on. It's like we have the scare zone. We established the scare zone. We do kind of need to recap this. The the green fog that's turning people into into these zombies is in, in this scare zone. And so it's infested with zombies. So that's the story of the scare zone. That's also the beginning of the story of this show. So now that the streets are being completely overrun by zombies, the emergency... Uh, services and military are brought in and those vehicles actually come down the street 
they they drive up to that scare zone. There's a guy on top of one of the vehicles telling everyone to clear away, go back. They're here to clear up the zombies. So, I mean, it's, it's dual purpose. One, they're getting people out of the way for the show. And two, it's right. the start of the show. Mm-hmm. So the zombies of Deadtropolis are wandering through the streets around the vehicles that are in this street. And they're being pushed back by a flamethrower, though it's actually shooting in the air. They're not shooting it at the characters, but the fire is scaring off the zombies. So they're getting out of the street as well, even though you get the sense that they're still there. Well, as the, uh, the, 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 the clearing still continues, they even shoot off some fireworks uh to scare them off they call them something else i think i I, sky flowers is what i have written i don't remember if i read that or if that's my note in my my head but that was like the their it was supposed to be a weapon to to clear off the zombies but it 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 didn't they're they're still there they're still infested so now they've used fire they've used the sky flowers they've tried to use and probably some kind of brute force just to build up the anticipation they're not clearing out the zombies. So they've, they've tried all the, the, all their weaponry doesn't work. They call for help and the local zombie visual anti-cycle group comes <laughs> roaring in on their Harleys to, nice. to be even further brute force to bring them back, to push them back into the streets. So they, they, they still don't quite ever, everything contained. They even try use this power generator to generate this high pitch frequency that will at least incapacitate the zombies and hold them in place. Again, another story element for about what about the, what's about to happen. Zombies are still there. They're still infested. They haven't got rid of them. So they say over the speaker, it's time to bring in the big guy. Well, when they say the big guy, the, these blood red headlights just turn on from down the alleyway. And those are the, I, the, their lights, but they're the eyes of Robosaurus. So Robosaurus comes rolling in as he's coming up, he starts to transform. Spotlights are on him. He starts breathing a seamlessly endless amount of fire because there's just fire shooting him from everywhere. He picks up one of the cars that's in the road in Deadtropolis, bites the roof off, and then drops it on that power generator. That okay. power generator sparks and smokes, and that air, there's like an even louder noise of that that noise that's already containing them, that ear shrieking sound changes and it actually makes the zombies fall to the ground. So thanks to Robosaurus coming in, picking up that car, throwing it on the power generator and changing that frequency. He's now cleared out the zombies, at least for this night at Halloween hard nights. <laughs> so he's now returned as a hero. That's awesome. I, uh, I, I just have this, this giddy soft spot. For <laughs> That is probably of all the Robosaurus shows we talked about. That obviously has to be the one to see. I mean, I think that's hands down. I don't even think I really need to preface that by saying that, but uh, definitely that might even be worth going in the Wayback Machine and seeing if we were to pick shows, scare zones, and houses alone. So maybe, maybe, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Yeah. Although I don't know though. That, yeah, we got three more to go through. Believe it or not, exactly. All right, I'm going to skip Bill and Ted's because we're yes. going to wrap up the yep. show with that like we always do. Um, I'm actually going to go down to The Arrival, and this was at a place called The Hollywood Stage. Um, I'm. This is actually the same place that they did Carnival of Carnage last year. Yes, that's probably um, right. I got to look that. Oh, okay. Look yeah, on the no, map. I know it is. Oh, it is, and okay. It's, it's, a, it's a really, it's a giant uh, triangle square. Square, right? It's, it's where three major streets come together, and there's this giant uh, chunk of pavement that they do other shows in. I mean, they do a kiddie show that comes through there during the day. They do all kinds of stuff in this in this area, and it's a really giant area. Last year, they set up a big stage. Tell me what they did for the arrival. This was okay. This is kind of it's it's a start of a new uh, addition to Halloween Horror Nights. It's in fact it's. It's uh well they set up a there was a stage as set up as well. Um, this is such a the launching point of something that keeps going that it is it's actually used the word arrive the arrival is used to describe for a few years from now uh, going on used to describe that show. It's like they'll say this year's arrival show was this even though it's called like something else. That's mm-hmm. how big of a change or addition this is, I should say. It's not a change. A big of addition this is to Halloween Horror Nights. So this was 
the this was the icon show and that's what carnival or the carnage returns was this year and next year will be carnival of carnage this is the original uh no it's not the original because you've had icon shows this is the start of the big icon show okay icons have had shows that's like caretaker had his opening ceremony and it was it was it was short by comparison as you'll soon hear uh the Terra Quintus, a sacrifice was, I mean, it was a sacrifice, but it was, it was a, it was really one thing that happened. Um, the even, yeah, even, but I would argue that that was the, the harbinger for this. It may, it is, but this is, this takes it further. This takes it further. Okay. So even the Thunderdome back in one and two and possibly even three was like a kind of a one thing. It was a sacrifice. This yeah. is like now a show. This is like you take time out of your night to stop and watch this because it's 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 a now it's a now a must see. Not that the others weren't must sees, but this is a much bigger production than it had ever been before. Okay, so the script is longer. Yeah, is what you're saying exactly, it's, it's and it's much more of a spectacle than. Yep. Than what it was Spectacle before. Spectacle is a good just, word. Yes. Yeah. So before it was just kind of like a like a three to five minute thing, and you're done. <laughs> you know, you get this little stage show, and then you keep going. This is where they started actually making this like a drawn out event. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, so it starts off. We'll just start off with it. It's it starts with two still walking like mistresses of the dark is the best I can describe them. They're you know of course very attractive women. They're in black lace with the lace hanging down over their stilts. They come walking through the crowd. Then they take, they stand at uh, center stage at the front of the stage. There's what the hell was that? <laughs> that was me dropping my phone. Everyone okay? Okay, good. Uh, there's a procession of the icons. They are not, but not of the icons themselves. A, pr- a procession for the icons. There's robe-clad minions. Before minions meant something else, Karen. Don't get too excited. Yeah. I'm just gonna say, oh god, not, not those little minions bastards. going. <laughs> whatever they say, I don't know. <laughs> so there's they're carrying each carrying banners for the icons. There's one for at the time Jack, caretaker, director, and storyteller. Now on the stage, there's four distinct, uh, I guess, areas. On the stage, uh, and one was there was a uh, as a section for each icon. There's a huge toy cube for Jack with J A C K. If you were to see all four sides, like one of those one of those letter blocks, like a little kid plays mm-hmm. with. There was a coffin for the caretaker. There was a red velvet and kind of gold uh, red velvet curtain, gold rope box for the director, and then there's a large storybook for the storyteller. Now, in the center of all this. There was a uh, this throne, a little bit of smoke, and then a throne rises, and there's another still walker, and this dude looks exactly like uh, the Tim Curry character from Legend. They never said it was, but it looks like him, red with the giant black horns. You know the character I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that he starts. So he he's the one that starts off the show, and there is an urn for each of the icons on the front of the stage. And as he's, he, uh, he kind of, I don't, I don't think it was a poem. I don't think it was a rhyming thing, but it may have been, but he tells a little bit of a story, not a story, not long, just a little introduction of the icon that they're talking about. And as he's talking about it, like say he's talking about, well, in this case, he's, we'll start right off. He starts talking about the storyteller and a little bit of her and whatnot. And as he's talking about the mistresses are pouring the contents of the urn into this elaborate ornate basin and once the this this legend character is done talking with a, a little bit of a flash if i remember right he now resurrects the storyteller and the book opens up the urn is in front of the book i should have mentioned that but the you can picture what's happening yeah. the burn opens up and a scared looking young man is tied to a chair sitting next to the storyteller. So she's returned with a victim. She tells a short poem that the only important part is the end where it says, some stories are spoken. Some stories are song for my next story. I cry a tongue as she proceeds to remove the man's tongue quite brutally. Yeah. See, this is the first time I really respect the storyteller as a character. <laughs> Cause she's finally doing something <laughs> brutal. <laughs> Right, she's finally being scary, yep. right? I mean, other than just being an old woman, because right. that's scary enough that's as it true, is. That's true, yes, but. yep. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah. after she does her show, so these are like, well, I won't, I'll get that 
at the end here. So after she has, she's killed him. It, it, it was so brutal, it, it killed him. So now uh, this devil demon character, I guess more demon like, I'll just, I'll just call him the legend character because that's, that's really what it looks like. The legend character starts talking about the director, and the director's ashes are being put into an urn as well. So once his introduction is done, the director walks on stage and the velvet curtain uh, opens up. It, it's a, it's actually a box that opens up and inside is a woman bound to a bathtub that actually kind of rolls out on stage from out front of the box. And there's a large uh, electric cables leading into the water. Director sets up the woman's motivation for his film, which is you are about to die. He points the camera at her, yells action, pulls down on one of those big, you know, switches, electronic switches like you see for well, for electric chairs, basically. Pulls that down, sparks and steam come rolling out of the bathtub, and, well, she's dead, as you can imagine. <laughs> so, next, the, the legend starts talking about the caretaker, and the caretaker is resurrected. And his coffin opens up and a uh, like a, a concrete slab with a bloodied victim chained to it rolls out on stage. Well, the caretaker also is revealed and he brings out those large evil, I, I still don't know what to call them, shears, just duh, these god-awful shears that he uses. And he uses that to open up his victim's chest and remove his internal organs with his bare hands, ending with his heart, much like, if not exactly like, his opening ceremony from his debut that was well that was also his show last year yes yes and most of these shows are kind of redone in 25 as well yeah no that that was that was one of the cool shows that i saw right i didn't get the caretaker until last year okay gotcha right yeah so last but not least is jack and we have the um the legend does his poem as well. Jack is resurrected. This is uh, this is like the this is the pop. I mean, you saved Jack for last, obviously, but this is where the crowd is just like now we're already worked up and we know this is going to be where this is going to be is awesome. So the uh, Jack comes out on stage. He announces um, that it's once uh, he announces once again it's time to think outside of the box. And he didn't actually appear from his. Uh, what do you call it? He didn't appear from that 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 toy that uh, toy block I was talking about. He appeared from a from outside of that. He now opens up that toy block, and inside it is a huge blender with a man pounding on side in the glass. And this is the opening kill from the Carnage Returns last year. This is exactly mm. what it is. Jack okay. flips on a switch. He spins halfway. Blood sprays all over. Uh, man, the league gets low. The guy inside lower gets lower and lower. More blood. More blood. And he finally disappears. Now, with a final speech poem from this legend character, that is the end of the Arrival show. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so, it was... Um, it's it's basically an introduction to all of the icons that are going to be hanging out. Mm-hmm. Now, it was, it was an opening ceremony, in a sense, I guess, that it played early in the night, but it played more than once a night. So I mean, it wasn't the opening ceremony necessarily, if there even was one. But it was, it was, it did, it did kind of open the. It was I. Obviously, if you watch this, it's it's a it, it it would be a good opening to the event for you. So if you saw this first before anything else, that certainly got you in the right frame of mind for the rest of the event. Yeah, for sure. Actually, even seeing it after the mazes, yeah, sure, been, right, yep. would have been a nice wrap up for the the event. Hmm. And this is one of the last shows my wife has ever watched that had to do with this because, once again, she knew a lot of the people involved with it. And she had heard a lot about it because this was going to be, and it was it, it was and is, a start of something new that is continuing. We lost it for a little bit, but it was definitely back, and for my money, back in probably the best it's ever been with the Carnage Returns last year. I can't really argue that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was trying to think of something that would have been that I would have classified as better, but damn, that was a good show. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was that was so much fun. All right, so um, we are slipping into the the uh, 
what the event named show, I guess, which is Sweet Sixteen, the director's cut. Yes, yes. Um, this one I've been waiting like for for everyone else. You've been waiting two episodes for this. I've been waiting since I first started doing the research for this episode to hear about this show. Really? Because uh, because I've mentioned in past episodes that I think that the lagoon is woefully unused in so many things and that they should have a boat in there. <laughs> they should have like a pirate ship or something. I don't know what, but that lagoon is like woefully unused. And this is a show that happens with elements of it going on in the lagoon. Yep. This is a, a use of the 360 screen when they used to do universal 360 as their closing show at the night, they, they would celebrate all the universal studios movies in, the, in this kind of montage type thing with music and fanfare and fireworks. And instead of what well, now they couldn't have possibly, I was going to say, uh, instead of doing it at the uh, end because it was where I'm trying to go with this um, for Halloween Horror Nights, they they used the mechanics they had laid out for it for this nightly show that was already in progress and switching it over for Halloween. Maybe hmm. that was where I had we talked about this a couple of episodes ago where I thought, well, you know, the mechanics are in place for these rides with screens. If they just replace the film with Halloween stuff, they could do Halloween rides. That might maybe this was in the back of my head when I said that because mm. that's essentially yeah. what they did here. Yeah. So I don't know if I don't think Karen and I ever stayed for it. Quinn, I don't even know if you ever even saw these screens. They were just huge, white, no. three huge white glow. Uh, I, I want to say inflatable, but they were on. They were up all day, so I don't know if they were inflatable or not. But huge globe screens in the middle of the lagoon. There's three of them. Yeah, no, no. That was like the the first year I went to. I, I visited you in Orlando, and okay. we went to to. I think it was still there because I do remember seeing them. Yes. Okay. That's what they were. It was those 360 screens. So they just, I mean, they utilize those for Halloween Horror Nights. Um, well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. It started off with the icons appearing on the screens all together, singing happy birthday <laughs> to <laughs> Halloween Horror Nights. And then they smashed the cake they were holding. And then we cut right to uh, the director himself. And he starts the show by playing clips from universal horror, like classic horror monster movies, which is always a good start. And in fact, they just do, they, they, it's, it's much like the 360 show. Like I just described, they do a montage of horror movies from universal for, through all the years. They, they do, they start with the classic, the ones that built universal studios. They go right. into some things in the seventies, probably some stuff from the sixties, but I didn't recognize them from that decade. I probably more associate them with seventies and into the eighties. Uh, we got all the classics. We got psycho Halloween, American werewolf in London, of course, Chucky, which was a big property for them. Uh, mm -hmm. So the director compares film uh, to being like a weapon to assault your senses and goes on to some, uh, some more clips and whatnot. And now we're getting, now we've had kind of like a montage of the characters. Now we're getting into a montage of some scenes, iconic scenes as bloody as they're willing to show um, uh, at, at the park. And uh, we mm -hmm. get some Michael, My we get Michael Myers, I believe uh, getting shot by Sam Loomis. If I remember correctly, Chucky coming to life, you know, iconic things from yeah. the movies. So, so basically using the, um, using the icons to to just display a whole bunch of of past uh universal studios work and you know what inspired basically what inspired these events and what inspired all the the halloween horror night stuff sure, yeah absolutely just, yep. just kind of like a, a a big celebration of of universal studios past with horror yeah yeah and instead of just making it a horror montage they kind of they did an introduction they did the whole uh, uh I, I guess the super memorable iconic scenes and yeah. then they split it into Jack. Jack came up and introduced uh, the greatest thing about the scares is they're all on the punchline is how he introduced it. Then they showed some <laughs> quotes, some memorable quotes like from Chucky want to play Hannibal Lecter doing his uh, <laughs> probably the fava beans in nice Gigante. Yeah. Um, some quotes from psycho. And then the uh, caretaker came up and he talks about, uh, what is blood for if not for shedding? And then we get some of the more <laughs> gruesome bloodlettings from all the years of Universal movies. Uh, and then it wraps up with the four uniting and reading a poem, which I actually had wrote down here or written down. It says some some got frightening, some got old. Now they're buried, now they're cold. Who will be the lucky one? The poor soul whose time has come. Some will scream, some will cry. 
After all, it's time to die. And then the four return after that, after some more footage to say it's only a movie and some original footage of the icons and their various victims from their backstories start to play out and wrap it up. And then eventually uh, just some uh, blood fills the screen and red and orange fireworks are set off. And as the projections go down and wrap up the show. Cool. Uh, it's, it's still not a great use of the lagoon, but right. it's a start. I mean, I, yeah. I would, I just think that that area is, is right for, for something. You know what I mean? Yep. Like I, there, there's, there's so much that they could do with it. And I'm glad to see that there was a start and hopefully, you know, hopefully the next few years we, we get to see more. Maybe. Yep. And it's nice to have a closing ceremony to the event as well, in a sense too. I agree. Very cool. All right. That brings us to our last show, which is something that we have all known <laughs> now, know and love and wait for every year, which is <laughs> Bill and Ted's excellent Halloween adventure. Yes. Uh, and they are now in the back to the theater that we know them from. And I think they're here to stay now, which is the Fear Factor Live Theater. Yes. Is it listed yeah. as Fear Factor at this point? I believe so. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I was, yeah, I was wondering it, when it, used it changed to be the, from. Yeah. It was the old West right, uh, yep. stunt show, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Which is now the Fear Factor Theater. And it and may have been the last time we talked about it, Universal Studios. I just don't remember. <laughs> don't know either yeah. but uh but yeah they're i think they're there to stay now yes oh yeah they are yep yeah yep. um it's a great venue for them uh the uh the fact that they've been doing shows there and especially high volume shows there for a long long time makes makes the ingress and egress really really fast and easy um they've they've got everything down to a science with this theater so it's it's really cool anyway uh how does the show open? It's actually, I just real quick, just to put a cap on that, because I was really, really curious. It changed from Wild West Show to Fear Factor while Halloween Horror Nights was at Islands of Adventure. So we actually missed the, the handoff between shows. Oh, okay. Yeah. It changed in 2005. There you go. Yep. So that's that's kind of neat. <laughs> anyway, okay. Bill and Ted's. All right. This, <laughs> this first bit's going to get us probably possibly talking. First thing after you see you know the music and maybe they're playing fail army videos I don't know if they were doing it quite back then but uh, anyway once the, sh the, sh the actual show starts you get a huge yellow digital sixty nine on the screen and it starts to count down like beep beep <laughs> beep, 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 beep down to twenty four so guess what was a hot show back here back then in this year yeah. Jack Bauer lowers in from the ceiling he's talking to CTU. And he's a bit anxious. He's a bit out of it because he hasn't slept in six seasons. And he's a little pissed <laughs> that he seems to be the only one that can save the world. <laughs> Which is actually really funny. That is really funny. Uh, he thinks he's found the terrorist he's looking for out in the audience. And he pulls him out. So the he pulls someone out of the audience. And the audience member explains. It's the plan, of course. He explains that he's just waiting for the Bill and Ted show to start. So Jack, once he hears this is the Bill and Ted show, it, he starts, it, they do this in a clever way. It's like the Bill and Ted show where there's cursing and scantily clad women and loud noises, you know, like he's asking questions <laughs> as making and making it the warning at the same time. Right. Nice. And I love the way they do that. They do that with so many shows and it's really good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Jack gets a call on the radio, turns his attention away and the audience member member runs off side stage and Jack follows. And it's at this point and my entire history of Bill and Ted and Halloween Horror Nights that I regret not trying out for a character role. <laughs> well, yeah, because you are keeper. I was waiting. I was like, if you weren't going to say it as I'm describing this, I'm just going to go ahead and say it at nope. one point. Cause I have been, I, I don't see it. I am I, for years. People have said, have said, I look like Kiefer Sutherland. I don't know where that comes from. But it, if that were it, true, I should have tried out for this part. Absolutely. You would have been a dead, dead ringer. Yeah. <laughs> and Literally. I drink almost as much as Kiefer Sutherland. No. <laughs> I drink almost as much. Oh. As <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true, yeah. But you, yeah, you're still back in the yeah, middle stages. There. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm like Kiefer Sutherland uh, Flatliners era. Right. Yeah. <laughs> See if anyone well, else gets it. Well, 
with only uh, with only the drinking. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you Otherwise, right. you're, no, you're probably Kiefer Sutherland in ten years. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, as he runs off, we will rock you. Starts. And we get a, a bit of an opening dance number as, as well, we always do. I don't know why I'm explaining this. You should know this by now. Uh, once the warm-up song and dance stops, the a video starts to play, and they chronicle Bill and Ted's Halloween adventures for the past 15 years. Well, that's cool. Yeah, which is kind of cool. And then yeah. at the end of that, the phone booth scene, or uh, I'm sorry, at the end of that chrono, at the, the video, they show the phone booth, uh, launching into time like i it may be directly from the movie because i know we see that in at least the first movie i don't know if we we must see it in bogus journey it's been so long since i've seen that one i'm not sure but then as that fades out the the plumes of steam come from the stage and the uh the phone booth arrives and this time unlike many halloween hard nights in the past in fact in the recent past of our discussions bill and ted actually come out so it's a nice strong start yes it's them this time so I have one question. Um, they're doing the, the whole happy birthday thing for Bill and Ted as well. Do they mention that this is 15 for them and not 16? I'm just glancing at my notes. I don't see that, but we'll see as I go through if they do. Okay. Because Bill and Ted didn't start till the second year. Right. Exactly. Yes. Right. So this would be 15, not six, sweet 16 for them. Right. So, okay. Uh, okay yeah. Um, that's funny. Now, here, I wish I had just went into the show instead of wasting time searching online because I have in here that they comment they're happy to be back home at the Wild Wild West stage. As they look around, they realize it's not the Wild Wild West stage, and they see all these Fear Factor things because this is the year it changed the Fear Factor, or the year after it turned it turned to Fear Factor. So they are, self, they are acknowledging the nice. change we just talked about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Which is it's, it's kind of funny because it still looks very Old Westy. Yes, yeah. It's I mean it's it's yeah. Uh if you've seen the Wild West show or even pictures of it and go to Fear Factor, it's not hard to uh, <laughs> yeah, to separate the two in your mind. It's like, okay, yep, I see everything. Mm-hmm. So soon the villain arrives and it is a bald man dressed in gray. And Bill exclaims, <laughs> Doctor Evil again. And then the villain explains he's not Doctor Evil. Ted gets excited because he thinks it's Howie Mandel. <laughs> oh that's awesome <laughs> it's, actually it might be even better because it's not Howie Mandel because now the villain is angry because he has to introduce himself and explain that he is Lex Luthor oh, oh. nice oh yeah. is this a Superman year it's a Superman Returns oh, oh there's a lot of so it's a Kevin Spacey uh, Lex Luthor well it's certainly not the oh, what the hell's that guy's name now uh, Michael Hackman? no no well no that'd be good uh uh, Eisenberg uh, oh, from okay. Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Jesse Eisenberg. I keep on yeah. calling him Michael Sarah. I'm like, no, they're not the same guy. And and I really like Jesse Eisenberg. I cannot imagine him as Lex Luthor. And uh, full disclosure, I have not and will not watch Batman. Versus- <laughs> it's probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. Although I, I might because they said Ben Affleck actually did good as Batman. So that is hard to swallow without actually yeah. watching it. I haven't seen it either, so I can't say. Yeah. Anyway. So, okay, so what Lex Luthor has done, not unlike what Lex Luthor did in Superman Returns, he bought all the land that Universal Studios is built on, and he's going to tear everything down and build his own part called, oh, wow, this is going to take a second, Luthorversal. Luthorversal. Yeah. <laughs> That's a tongue tire. Right? Yeah, right? <laughs> Bill and Ted tell him he'll never get away with it, but Luthor reveals his secret plan, and it is a Kryptonian iPod. So it what this does it not only launches missiles but it also downloads celebrities and directs and t- puts them directly into his new attractions. Oh my god. So he demonstrates <laughs> download actual celebrities. Yes, well, it's in the Bill and Ted world, of course, anything yeah, exactly. can happen. All right, here's where things get cool. This is like we're starting to hit like the ground running. I think moving this back to Bill and Ted, I don't know if it was for me um uh, being in where it should be or maybe for the creative as well but this has some some of my this show alone has some of my best memories of bill and ted it starts right here so luther demonstrates by summoning a few celebrities and the first one he brings out is magneto and magneto is being pushed on a dolly by a guy in a full green screen suit <laughs> some great cgi joke there i love that joke for some reason 
Um, Silas, if you remember this character, uh, it was the monk from the Da Vinci Code, comes out beating oh. his head uh, on a Bible like the monks in Monty Python. Nice. <laughs> then, oh, that was a terrible movie. <laughs> and then probably the best of the three, Davy Jones from Pirates of the Caribbean comes out singing a custom theme song to the tune of SpongeBob SquarePants theme. <laughs> that one's funny. That yeah. <laughs> that one's really funny. I, and it wasn't really funny until you mentioned the SpongeBob SquarePants theme. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean definitely. So okay, now here's this is this is probably why maybe one of the strongest memory of this show is comes in right here. Bill and Ted running in the phone booth saying that they need the X Men. So Luther says grabs his iPod. He says, "You want the X Men? I'll give you X Men." So he hits the iPod. Some smoke goes off the phone booth. Stays where it is. The doors close. They open again, and female versions of Bill and Ted come out. And Luther exclaims, "They're X Men!" Oh, oh God. So Bill and Ted now realize they're women. So we have a female Bill and Ted for the first, first time? time ever. Yeah, okay. Yep. It's not the last then. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I'm like, I know this has happened no, no, more this, than once. Yeah, but this is the first time. Okay. So now we have a female Bill and Ted. That, that was really, really bad joke, though. I mean, that's oh, a God, bad Yeah. Joke. Well, I know. <laughs> <laughs> they're usually a little more highbrow than dad jokes. Okay. So, like I said, Bill and Ted realize they're women. Luther said this isn't the first time he's done that. He's also transformed to Juggernaut. And so, as if on cue, Juggernaut comes out with a huge chest. Mm. It, well, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But he's also still a hulking, or uh, she's still a hulking beast. So, the Juggernaut actually hold Bill and Ted like in place right now. So, they're, they're not going to run anywhere. <laughs> but that's good because we got, I mean, we have more introductions to come out. So, we some more heroes come out and the first one is Jack Sparrow. He descends from the catwalks after he introduces himself. A drunken Elizabeth Swan joins him. I don't remember why she was so drunk, but I do remember her. That's okay. Uh, I'm good with that. Yep. (laughs) So Superman arrives and he might be a bit more effeminate than he was portrayed on screen. (laughs) <laughs> he lands on stage and he's joined by Celine from Underworld Evolution. Mm-hmm. That that one I think had to be explained to me because I don't think I've seen that movie. So the whole Underworld series is really really cheesy, but if you like vampires and werewolves <laughs> fighting each other, yeah. It's good cheese. Like yeah. it's it's like a, an Emmentaler that's been aged really really nicely. And yeah, they just chew through that cheese all movies long. Okay. <laughs> and that's all it is. Like, that's it. And there's this is nothing al- good about it. It's just fun. This is almost our 50th episode, and I never in 50 episodes imagined you would make the analogy you just made for a Bill and Ted show. <laughs> right. Ever. But it was right. Well done. <laughs> well done. Oh, now the biggest joke and the one that made my wife mad as hell. Two more women show up, and no one on stage recognizes them. And they explain that they are G-Girl from My Super Ex-Girlfriend, and the other is the Lady in the Water. And then Lex Luthor rushes them off stage saying, no one saw you. No one knows who you are. (laughs) And that made my wife mad because she loves My Super Ex-Girlfriend. I haven't seen that. Is it good? It's not great, but it's not Uh, bad. I mean, it's Uma Thurman. You like Uma Thurman, right? As an actress? Only when she's directed by Tarantino. Oh, okay. Then maybe you don't. Yeah, I might yeah. not like her. But it's uh, right. who's the other one? It's Chris Pratt's wife. I can't think of her name. Uh, Anna Ferris. Oh, really? It's a good team. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe it's uh, maybe it's worth it. Now, if I talk- if you don't expect a lot, you might not. You might you might enjoy it well enough. Okay. Right. But I did anyway. like the fact that no one no one knows who you are. No one saw your movies. <laughs> yeah. Get off stage. Oh no wait. That's funny. You won't help. <laughs> So Bill and Ted kind of break away from the juggernaut and they warn Lex that they, they, they uh, better give up or uh, there'll be the super, there's going to be a, a fight, a super battle, of course, like there is in every Bill and Ted. We had to get the show rolling here. So that was one way to do it. Superman demonstrates his participation and his might by doing a gymnastics ribbon performance in the middle of the stage. <laughs> Ah, uh, so that's where they're getting the women involved in the I show. I guess, yeah. That's where they're getting the, yeah, they're going with the, the, the Superman Returns 
joke a little far, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, a little. The far. panning of the movie. I didn't think it was that bad. It wasn't great. I kind of enjoyed it right up till the end. But yeah, anyway. oh yeah, I'm not gonna go there. I don't want. <laughs> if it's on, I'm like, oh okay, this is where I turn it off. Yeah, I, I mean the the uh, the the mini gun scene was really good. Yeah. Uh, they had a lot of good shots. There was a lot of good stuff. It was just, uh, there were misses. Yes. Too yeah. many misses. Yep. yep. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Uh, so Luther sends in the villains to kill the good guys. We get our usual battle that ensues. Uh, Magneto sends his CGI man <laughs> with a sword after Jack Sparrow <laughs> and Liz- Elizabeth Swan. That's kind of funny. Sparrow forces a drink on Magneto, causing him to lose control of his CGI man. Okay. Defeats him. Davy Jones counteracts and he chases saw, uh, Jack Sparrow and Elizabeth Swan off stage, so they're gone. The phone booth reappears, or I guess maybe reignites. I may have disappeared somewhere in here, and I didn't have a note, but for some reason, the, the phone booth is the focus again, and male Bill and Ted, the original Bill and Ted, arrive again. They join their female counterparts, and they explain that they, they came from the past two minutes before they were turned into women. Okay. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, when you start getting into time travel and Bill and Ted, you just you just agree. And, oh yeah, you just yeah. got okay. So they're interrupted because Samuel Jackson comes out covered with squirrels, saying that there's mother effing squirrels in the mother effing phone booth, and then walks off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, snakes on a plane year. Sorry. Uh, Silas comes out to confront Bill and Ted, and help actually jumps out from the audience, and it's Nacho Libre. Awesome. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) And anybody who's listening to this show that has not watched that movie must watch that movie. Exactly. Yep. That's one of those ones. That's a movie that we just, we saw on a whim and we're so happy we saw way back when. It has to be one of Jack Black's best performances ever. And I like Jack Black. I'm a big fan of Tenacious D. I'm a big fan of a lot of the Jack Black stuff. This is probably one of his best best performances ever love it yeah i agree i agree it's a great movie um so as the fighting is still going on in different areas uh even though nacho is there to help silas celine comes out and takes some shots at silas scaring him off stage uh and the during all this male bill and ted are wooed a little bit by celine and they stop everything to take a photo with her that's in my notes so that's a thing apparently (laughs) okay (laughs) female bill and ted still being restrained or held back by the juggernaut are sick of being ignored by the boys and take matter into their own hands and how they do that is luther it starts off with luther appearing on the balcony with a rocket launcher and he's about to fire at bill and ted until female bill and ted distract him by saying hey look it's james bond i don't know (laughs) but (laughs) that was a line luther turns and fires the rocket at the um offside stage and we've seen this before it's like there's a particular part of what used to be the barn at the uh, wild west show and it's still there for bill and ted you have that explosion and the fire that comes out the window so Mm -hmm. that's the part he shot at at what used to be the barn i don't know i guess it still is a barn so he fires his rocket launcher at the barn Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights comes out screaming that he's on fire, much like the scene from the from that movie. Didn't see it, so oh, he did. oh okay. I know Karen has seen that movie. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah. Good. It's, it's that funny. Movie. If you like, you gotta like Will Ferrell. If you don't like yes. Will Ferrell, forget it. Oh exactly. yeah, forget it then. Oh okay. <laughs> I've only seen one thing that I think one thing that Will Ferrell's been good in, and that was um, Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, which was a train wreck from start to finish. But Will Ferrell was actually funny in that. <laughs> I'm not even going to get in that difference of opinion we have on that movie right now. Oh, you think it's not a train wreck? Yeah, not entirely. It's got cock knocker. How bad can it be? Oh, no, it's a train wreck in the best fucking way. Oh, well, then, yes, oh, I will agree wow. with that. Like, it's, it's, you cannot stop watching it, but, but it's still really bad. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Yes, fucking cock knocker's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we do have a, a a drive-on appearance. We haven't talked about one of these in a while, and they're kind of a staple. This time it's Kit from Knight Rider. Excellent. Drives on stage, and David Hasselhoff emerges. He addresses Juggernaut, saying it's nice, not nice to pick on defenseless little girls. Female Bill and Ted say it's okay because they used to be dudes. <laughs> <laughs> 
But they, uh, this, this is enough of a distraction for them to get a little bit of a way and the Hoff and the Juggernaut face off, which is a sentence I never thought I'd say in this series. Or in life. Yeah, ever. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it ends up with the Hoff actually winning over the Juggernaut, which is the second oddest sentence of this episode. Not really. The Juggernaut's always oh, been so loud. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he's just big. Yeah, I mean, and, and he's always been used in like the lamest way possible. Right, right. Yeah. Like even in the movies when they, I'm the juggernaut, bitches. <laughs> yeah. And that was all he had. Like, <laughs> anyway, don't get me started on that. Fuck. No problem. Okay. So Bill and Ted start to complain that their job to save the park is turning into Mission Impossible, which of course is a very blatant cue because a mission impossible theme starts and Tom Cruise enters on a motorcycle followed by Katie Holmes clutching the baby. I guess Siri at this point, if we knew uh, her name, I don't know if it was a wild. I know you're going to get into the Tom Cruise Lord. Never mind. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she keeps running. She goes off stage. Cruise explains that he's not here to help. He's just here for the newest Luther versal attraction. Tom Cruise spaceship birth. <laughs> And then as he announces this, you hear a woman's voice scream, it's all for you, Suri, a la the omen, and this body drops from the catwalks. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Samuel Jackson returns. This time he's covered with babies, and he's sick of these mother-effing demon babies in this mother-effing theater. Punches one in the head and walks off. Okay. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Punching babies in the head. That, that's funny. Squirrels. No, that was like, oh. Yeah. But- uh, punching babies in the head is at least uh, trying. Yeah, so <laughs> he actually goes in the phone booth. Uh, he takes off, leaving Bill and Ted and Luther and Cruz uh, to be the, I guess, the final face-off here. We're getting towards the end. Luther begins to explain his reasoning behind his madness. He had sent Bill and Ted a friend request on MySpace. Wow! Ooh. MySpace! Whoa. That they never accepted. Wow! That Yeah. That's some. Um, I need a drink of water after that one. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so Bill and Ted assure them that they haven't checked their MySpace in month and months, and they now that they see it, they gladly accepted it. So Luther is now excited by the news. He turns over the Kryptonian iPod and says that they can have their show and their park back as he's handing it to him. Tom Cruise actually snatches the device. Well, Katie Holmes steps up, gives Tom Cruise a quick knee in the crotch, returning the <laughs> Kryptonian, which I'm sure she probably would love to do in real life at this point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Returns the Kryptonian iPod to Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted say this is the part of the show where everyone sings and dances. Now, if they only had, now if they only had some music and some people to dance with, well, of course, as the the oh geez, wow, okay. As uh, on another, as if another cue, the phone booth is the focus again, and as almost Quint inadvertently predicted, Jay and Silent Bob emerge with a boombox. Go! Oh. <laughs> awesome. They, they hit play. The music starts. They dial up the Kryptonian iPod. Dancers come out from either side of the stage. And then we get the traditional music, the traditional dancing, and thus ending another Bill and Ted's excellent Halloween adventure. One that really stands out to me as I was recapping this from different notes and different sources online. I was like, Oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember this. This one must've been really strong because I remember a lot of this more so than the past few that we talked about at Islands of Adventure. And there's, there's a lot of good references they hit. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, just, just hearing about it from you is like, Oh, this is, I, I'm going to see if I can find this on YouTube just to watch it. Cause right. it sounds it fun. Be, yeah. Yeah. Some of the early ones, a lot of the early ones are on there. So it's probably out there. Yeah. And, and I was just thinking about when you were saying, you know, you kept saying iPod, 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 uh, like over and over this. And I'm like, oh, this is the year right before the iPhone. Yep. 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 And it's like, right. So after this social media changes, everything changes. Like this is like once we there's a cultural shift in 2007 that starts to happen. That is going to be interesting to see in the Bill and Ted ships. Yeah, that's true. And uh, actually, the MySpace kind of put a put an inadvertent cap on that. Yeah, yeah. So that is it for the shows. There's some a couple things I wanted to mention about 2006. One in particular. First, first extra note I had. Unless you wanted to go through, did you want to go through the rising attractions that were open? We didn't do that. Yeah, I just realized. I'm going to do, do that. that first. Was, okay. Yeah. So we we typically. 
you know, wrap up with rides and attractions. Um, long list this year. Uh, and I say this because going back to Universal Studios, there's typically less rides at Universal Studios than Islands of Adventure. Islands of Adventure has a lot more of the, the rides usually. But at this, we've got, this point in time. Yeah. But we've got Revenge of the Mummy, which is a great ride. And especially for Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. <laughs> um, Earthquake. <laughs> Jaws was open, which was cool. Yep. Uh, Men in Black Alien Attack. We always like yeah. to do that we one. We talked about that. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, E.T. Adventure. Terminator 2 3D. Good show. Uh, Trek 4D. I like it. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's like I just, it's a yeah. guilty pleasure. <laughs> um, Jimmy Neutron's Nickelodeon Blast. Twister Ride It Out. <laughs> Beetlejuice's <laughs> Graveyard Review, which is still going. So, uh, no, it's not. No, that closed. No, no, remember? I, I didn't mean. Oh, you mean it's still going back then? Yes, still going back then. It's not going anymore. It closed yep. two years ago. Uh, before or right after Halloween last year? I forget now. It was yeah, last it was, year. It, it was, was last been, year. It's, it's, it's recently closed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then on peak nights, they also had uh, Amazing Adventure of Spider Man, which is. On the other side. Oh, all three yeah. of these are on yep. the other side. Yeah. It's so Marvel they, Island rides. Yeah. yeah. So they had the Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man, Incredible Hulk Coaster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Doctor Doom's Fearfall. So those were all on the Islands of Adventure side, which is a weird. That is. Yeah. Yep. How do you. Yeah. They weren't, must not have been tracking tickets as closely back then as to where you were going and which were. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know how, how you got. I didn't go on those rides because oh, there was no point. I don't yeah. know how you got there. I don't know if you left the park and went through on the adventure. If you went through one, like past the sound stages, I, I, I know. Did, did you have in and out privileges? Like, I don't know. It's weird. I don't remember. I don't, I don't even know. I was going to say, I don't remember, but I, I don't know. I really don't yeah. know. So uh, those seem like really weird rides to have open for yeah. horror nights. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that was the, the wrap of the rides and attractions that were open. Yep. Uh, the, the last couple of things I wanted to mention to start earlier. One was that city walk had, some evenings that they themed around Halloween harness that call, they called get in the fire. And they had, it was, it was live music and the party atmosphere. They always have. They were just trying to entice Halloween hard nights, people to stay after, I guess maybe the nights over they closed at midnight to stay after and hang out at city walk. So they were finally cross promoting city walk to probably their target audience. So that was, I don't know how well that worked out, but I'm surprised this is the first we've, we've talked about that. Yeah, well, it, I am, and I'm not surprised. Okay. I mean, I think um, it, we're we're starting to get into more of the the internet era right now, and I think uh, this was still very much a. There was a lot of people traveled to it, but it was still very much a local or you know Florida Georgia event at the time. It wasn't something where. Now it's like this, this it literally a global phenomenon at this point, because sure. they've got, yeah. you know, they've got it in, in uh, Singapore and they're doing one in with in Hong Kong now, I think. Uh, well, Singapore is China. They do it in Hong Japan Kong. as well. Uh, Japan. That all was four, the other one. All four, four parks, I think, are doing it this year. Yeah. They did it last so, year. So it and was like. years before, actually. So. And so it's, like, it's now a worldwide phenomenon. I, I think back then it was still a lot more localized. Yeah. And. Um, I, Hollywood's history is so spotty. I don't think they've done it every year, like consecutively until the past few years. I need, I need to, when we start yeah, no. talking third season, we need to get someone with some experience in Hollywood so that we can confirm and, and, or, or get that all straightened out. But, but you, I'm trying to back up what you said. It's Orlando has been consistent since 1991 at this point, 16 mm -hmm. years running. Yeah. But I, and I think this was basically the start of where, it would, you know, the internet has made certain things explode, yeah. right? Literally, because it, you get so much of people who are are interested in the same things that have the same same stuff going that get to gather in these virtual environments and go, oh, you haven't been to this place, you need to go cancel your vacation. I don't care where you're going, go to Florida <laughs> in in you know the fall and go see this, right? Right. And, and so I think. We're going to see much more of that coming up as well. Yep. Um, you mentioned the website. Did you want to talk about that at all? Because I know you were looking at it earlier. Uh, it's, um, let's see, I had to bring it up in Chrome because it's Flash. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, has, it has really bad uh, noises on it. But um, th there doesn't seem to be as much as there was last year. Well, um, 
um, then you're not again. This is one you got you have to dig for because there is a lot to be found if you're looking in the right place. It's almost like two sites in one. Once again, it's like you got the site that everyone goes to. Then if you dig around, you're gonna find a shit ton of Easter eggs. Oh, really? Yeah. No. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, they've got it, the the cool thing is is that they're actually starting to put all of the event map stuff, all of the stuff that we find on the fan sites and things like now are actually f- taken really from their uh, their main sites, right? And that's and that's pretty cool that they've they've got a real internet presence now, and you know, it, it's it's fun to see the evolution of advertising in 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 the internet history, right? At least okay. it is for me. I, I mean, I'm a geek, so it's. It's one of those things for me that gets to be really interesting. Well, uh, I, I found what I was talking, what I was alluding to. If you go to Horror Comes Home and then go to behind the scenes, you'll see like a, it's like a, a filing cabinet with the different years, and and inside those is a bunch of behind the scenes stuff from years before. That's what they launched before we got the full announcement of the icons, and then if you go to the like the the site posts the icons and you open these same drawers you see that the icons have fucked with these drawers ah, that's that's the, the part i was trying to talk trying to, i yeah. couldn't quite remember the details so i looked at it right now and for anyone that wants to see this i mean I'm, instead of describing it, we could do another hour on this it's at horrornights.be and then it, they have this archive so it has both it has the pre and post well, actually, they call it before and after icons. Ah, uh, yes, and, and it's it is really actually cool, and that's that that was what I missed when I started going through it. Is I I never got to the point where the drawers were there. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. It's like the the front yeah. page is like event overview, and you see everything that the normal person would want to see, and then you go buy tickets. You dive deeper into here, and then it's like you get stuff, and it evolved and it changed over time. It changed. Yeah. I mean, it's like it was one thing, and then when the icons were revealed and released on the site in a sense they really start messing with the uh with the stuff in fact there's um i just happened to pick the year eddie was supposed to be there and now it's like eddie is uh eddie's vision as eddie's scrolled stuff all kinds of notes all over here before it was just the the event guide and the uh the marketing picture and a couple clips and now you pull this open and eddie's put his notes all over the place for 2001 yeah, and there's the the bone choppers in 05, and there's a lot of really cool yeah. stuff. <laughs> Eddie's vision of pain, yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, you know, I think um, I, this is really cool stuff. Yep, yep. Uh, the one last thing I want to mention, super important, and we alluded to it. If you got to go way back to. I want to say 1998 from what I wrote here, but I'm not sure, but we talked about this in the first season. This is before Karen was even on the show. Um, this was the year, the first year of many, including up until last year and probably this year too. This is the first year that Halloween Horror Nights won the Golden Ticket Award for the best Halloween event, finally beating out Knott's Berry's Farm, who had pretty much held that title all the way up until now since Halloween Horror Nights started. I wanted to make sure i pointed that out because as we had said way back when that knott's berry farm <laughs> the people running it had quoted and i have the quote here we're on record saying they doubt halloween hard nights would ever upstage knott's berry farm yeah well there yeah. you go this is when it finally happened and they have never relinquished that title yet wow uh and and judging on what we know of this year they they probably don't have a worry yeah, exactly yep <laughs> yeah uh it's this was this looked like a fun year to be at halloween horror nights yeah yeah, yeah. all right so let's let's wrap up oh with boy yeah here we back machine all right <laughs> and now this is the Wayback machine covers two two episodes of the of the show um we have mazes and i'm gonna start with matt because matt's seen a bunch of these mazes or all of them uh, which one do you want to go back and revisit? Um, probably. Man, that's a tough one. Probably run now and seeing the game show version from 25. I'd like to see the Eddie uh, blood and guts one and have both 
like since I saw the game show one not even a year ago, if I could go back today and see this one now and keep, and tie the two together in my head, I think that'd be fun. Okay, I'm gonna just quickly go through. We've got Dungeon of Terror oh, retold. Right. Okay. We got People Under the Stairs under construction. Uh, Psychopath: The Return of Norman Bates. Scream House Resurrection. Psychotherapy: Maximum Madness. And All Night Die In Take Two. So you're going with Run Hostile Territory. Mm-hmm. Okay, Karen. I think I'm going to have to go with Run Hostile Territory also. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm surprised, actually, coming from you. I thought you would really? be going Psychoscarapy. That is a very, very, very close second. Um, but I, I, I want to see the... I don't know. I'm turned on by the, the whole mayhem and blood and torture aspect of the, of right. the run maze. Okay, so we're three for three. We can take the same car because I'm going run. <laughs> so I mean, awesome. I, I'm too big of an Eddie fan not to go with run. Um, and this this looks like a really this looks like they finally just said, "Here you go. This is the Eddie that we wanted you to see for all this time. Have fun with him." And that's cool. Yeah, yep. yeah. All right, scare zones. Uh, Karen, you can start with scare zones. We've got. Uh, let me recap the scare zones. We've got horror comes home. We've got the Blood Masquerade, we've got Harvest of Souls, and we've got Deadtropolis, the Zombie Siege. The Scare Zone, I think I would go back to the Harvest of Souls. I, okay. I really like the, the more artistic Scare Zones. because they, they do have a scaring element, but they're really cool to walk through, and they're very beautiful. And, so and they're often very creepy scary, which is yeah, fun yeah. scary, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, Matt. I'm actually going to take a roll of the dice on this one and go back to um, uh, I already forgot his name. Uh, Horror comes home because I'm sh- I'm sure I recognize characters from past that I've been to, but wouldn't have recognized any from one through eight if they had hmm. some. They might not have had any, but now that we've done these shows and kind of studied up on this and have an idea of what they may have been, it would be cool to see if I recognize any from them. There's a good possibility they don't have any from that early on, but I'm going to roll the dice and see if, if, I could, if I could go back. I'd roll the dice to that one to see if I could recognize some that I had not gotten to see in the first eight years. That would be, that would be a cool thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I'm going to kind of cheat. A little. Okay. Um, I'm going to go to Deadtropolis. Damn just it, so I was going to be my say, answer for the same thing you were going to say. Bit. Just so that I can see Robosaurus <laughs> yeah. and zombies in the same epic battle. Yeah. So you'd go back, you'd have to land right as the Robosaurus show was going on. You know, even if I didn't, it would be Deadtropolis. <laughs> okay. You know, this is zombies before zombies were cool. And yeah, I, I got to go Deadtropolis. All right. Um, that goes, brings us to shows. And this is one of the first years where shows is an interesting, there's some interesting choices to be able to make. We, you know, usually it's hands down. We go to Bill and Ted's, but this year may be different. Uh, Matt. I probably, it would probably be Bill and Ted again. If 25 hadn't happened yet, if we were talking about this in 2014, I'd probably go to the arrival, but I kind of got to see the icons again, doing their shows not even a year ago, so I'm okay with going back to see Bill and Ted again. Okay. Karen? Oh. I'm torn between the arrival and Robosaurus. I think it's going to have to be Robosaurus. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. I cheated on Robosaurus already, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well. But uh, mostly because... Uh, there's there's four really good shows this year, and yeah. I would like to see them all, but I think Bill and Ted hit so many cultural icons that I remember and really wanted to see ripped on that I would have <laughs> to go and see Bill and Ted. Uh, there, there's just too much good stuff going on in that show this year that for me to, to miss out on Bill and Ted. Right. Yep. And that's even if I didn't see Robosaurus in my scare zone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll even give you that caveat. All right. All right. Well, that completely wraps up 2006 and Halloween Horror Night Sweet 16. And that will move us on. As far as history goes, we are going to get into this is debatable, but I'm going to say it's probably the greatest ever before 25 certainly my favorite carnival of carnage in 17 
That is going to be a long couple of recordings, so i got to get some cup drops and some big glass of water ready for that one. <laughs> but if we have anything announced between then, now and then, I should say, we'll of course do our instant reaction on it. Any news that comes out, we may even have our live show before then. In fact, uh, this is a couple weeks out from this recording, so we might have even announced a date. If you, are, if you haven't seen it yet, or if you're uh, waiting to see when that's going to be announced, Make sure you check out our site, newsas.com. Well, of course, the information will be posted there as well as our Facebook page at facebook.com slash podcast and on our Twitter page at newsas. Not only will the information about the live show be posted there, but everything that is coming up on this show and all the shows we do. So until that next episode, be it an instant reaction, be it the live episode, or be it the start of the epic Carnival of Carnage coverage, I will say once again, thank you for listening, and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a News As Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at newsas.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash newsazpodcast, and follow our Twitter account at newsaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Newsaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash newsaz. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.